Hello, everybody. I'm Rachel, and um, I live in Easton with my husband, Peter. Um, I call him Pete. And um, our little boy, Daniel, who is now um, 17 months old. And so he's starting to walk and um, saying things like, uh-oh. Uh, so that's that's where we're at. Um, and I was sent out from Ebby about 10 years ago to Easton. So I'm just in Easton. We're not far away. Um, and I was sent to Eastern Christian Family Centre, uh, which is where I've been worshipping for the last 10 years. So, um, and before that, it was in Ebby, of course. So, uh, so my story, so a little bit about um, what happened. I've been asked to speak about justice. I think because I work with asylum seekers and refugees and I'm quite involved in justice um, in that way, or I see a lot of injustice at least, and we try our hardest to, to respond and make it justice instead. Uh, so I've been involved um, in uh, Eastern Christian Family Centre, which is a local church. I've also um, I've joined in with a, a community that is in Eastern. There are three households. Um, all three of us uh, live there uh, with gardens connected in terraced houses in Eastern. Um, so that's been a, a really good place of growth and involvement with hosting. I've been hosting destitute asylum seekers until very recently, though after Daniel was born, we stopped. Um, and uh, so I've had about 40, 40 something people live with me for an average of about 18 months each um, over the last few years. So if you do your maths, you realise that's quite a lot of people at once. Um, and that's been quite fun and completely mad as well. Um, so um, that's been interesting. And also I am the director of Bristol Hospitality Network. So um, I started off um, at the very first meeting of BHN um, and we we had a, a little chat about hosting people. And at that time, I lived in a Christian community in Easton as well. Um, and we had a spare room. And so we said we'd host some people there. So that's how I started off hosting and got involved in, in BHN. And um, since then, I've become uh, its manager and now its director. Um, so I've been asked to speak about justice. I want to talk about three things. I want to talk about how God calls us to step out in faith. How God equips us to play our part in his work and why our churches need to be places to be real, living out holistic welcome to those experiencing trauma and mental ill health. Um, so that's a slight sideline from justice, but I think it's what I'm increasingly realising is one of the callings of the church in terms of the response to asylum seekers and refugees, and I think it has transferable stuff to other things, so hopefully that's useful for you as well. Okay, so first let's have our reading. So I'm reading from Isaiah, chapter 42 verses 1 to 7, that's Isaiah chapter 42 verses 1 to 7. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break and a smouldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on earth. In his teaching the islands will put their hope. This is what God the Lord says, the creator of the heavens, who stretched them out, who spreads out the earth with all that springs from it, who gives breath to its people and life to those who walk on it, 
I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles, to open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. So please keep your Bible open. Um, I'll refer to a few verses as we go on. So let's think, how does God call us to step out in faith? He calls us to act justly, love mercy, walk humbly. I find verse six comforting. He says, I will take hold of your hand. God will take hold of us. Just put your hand in the hand of God. Find it held. It's such a relief for me to know that it is God whose work of justice is happening and all I need to do is join in. I can do that. The idea that I could make justice happen, that scares me. But the idea that I just put my hand in the hand of God, I can do that. I think we all can. I think we're all called to it. So a big picture for our household community, so the three houses that are connected in the garden and we've been praying together for 11 years, that is of a river. And in Amos, there is this picture in Amos chapter 5, verse 24. Let justice roll on like a river and righteousness like a never failing stream. Justice like a flowing river. That's the image that we have had in our area over the last few years, coming back to us again and again. Sometimes I've had the picture on our street, flowing down our street. Sometimes I've had it on Stapleton Road and um, flowing down Stapleton Road, past all the Somali shops and, and all of that. And, um, and we can see justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never failing stream. God is moving in our area. God is moving in your area. God is bringing his reign of justice and peace on earth as in heaven. It is flowing past us. Will we step out and dip our toe in the water and be taken up in God's work of justice? So when we first started meeting together um, as three households, we were praying a blessing, the Falder Brennan Friday breath. Friday blessings and we adapted it to Easter and uh, so we thought of our area and we changed the words um, and we made it um, an Eastern blessing and we prayed it every Sunday night and we did this for a year or two and um, what happened gradually was that um, people started moving in with us so I had been involved in BHN from the beginning and we started hosting and some people lived with us and some people with uh, with David and Toria and some people with Penny and um as we were praying this blessing, they said to us, can we come and join your Sunday night thing? And we said, oh, um, OK. Um, but we knew it would be something a bit different. Perhaps they would come and they'd go, oh, we don't want to do this. So we thought about it. Are we OK with this? No, you can't say no. People want to come to your, your blessing gathering. Let them come. And so they came and they said, as we might have predicted, we don't want a blessing prayer. Thank you. We'd like to have a Bible study. And uh, please, will you tell us about Jesus? And, uh, and so we said, oh, OK, we'll do that. And so God brought us gently into this work. He didn't force us. We didn't plan it. He just drew us in little by little as we had energy and as we had kind of as he built the heart in us to do it. He deals with us gently. He doesn't deal with us harshly. God is good. So. We ended up having this Bible study and after a few years, you know, some of the people that 
um, came later on, started to be baptised. And so we've had this this wonderful um, process partnering with Kensington Baptist Church as well and seeing many people baptised there. Um, just of, of our community, seeing people come to know Jesus, walk with him. That's been a, a wonderful thing for us to see. Um, so how does God equip us to bring his reign of justice and peace on earth as in heaven? We just need to step in the river, one step at a time. Allow ourselves to be caught up in the Lord's love of justice. He loves justice. And step by step, he may take us to places we couldn't be even dreamed of. We don't have to start out able to change everything or even planning it. I think particularly not planning it, that's one of the mistakes we make. We just need to faithfully follow in the footsteps of Christ, holding the hand of Christ. Open our hearts to the love Jesus has for his world and all its peoples and let him lead us. In verse 1 um, of Isaiah, it says, Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. The servant is Jesus, of course. Justice is God's work, but he invites us to join in with him. I think we can do that. In verse four, he says, we will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on earth. Often we think we can't start something because we don't know how. Well, there's no way I would have known how to start our community that was completely apparently random but obviously got to put those those parts together and there's no way that I would have imagined anything like BHN ever coming out of um, my response to Jesus but God did that okay and so I think we don't need to worry that we can't start because we don't know how because God doesn't ask us to take the the hard part of the yoke God accomplishes his purposes. He just asks us to join in. Let us be people who love to follow him. God will establish justice on earth. He will not falter or be discouraged. You know, I often falter and I'm often discouraged. And I think that I I don't I don't know enough to do this or I don't have the right equip I'm not equipped enough. And I'm fearful. But God is continually not faltering and continually not being discouraged and all I'm doing is joining in with him putting my hand in his hand that is all I'm, I'm asked to do so he will equip and he does call in verses six and seven it says I the Lord have called you in righteousness I will take hold of your hand I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles to open eyes that are blind to free captives from prison and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. God is working on us <laughs> to open up our hearts to his great love for his world and all its peoples. Let us have a soft heart today. Let the Lord speak to you. Ask him what stepping in the river looks like for you. Then do it. Don't be afraid. God is gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Matthew 11, verse 29 to 30. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Uh, this picture of the yoke is a beautiful picture where there's a training yoke, where the, the young oxen goes with the old hand oxen. And God is the old hand oxen and he's taking the strain. And we are just a young oxen yoked together with him. 
we put our hand into the hand of Christ and he takes the strain and he draws us with him. Just step into the river. Step by step, you will see that God gives you strength to walk into the middle of the stream. It isn't something that we know how to do. We are just called to have a soft heart, open to the spirit, open to the words of Jesus. And they will speak to you if you would have ears to hear. Today, let us have open ears, open hearts to what God is speaking to us. Okay. So lastly, I want to think about how our churches can be places to be real, living out a holistic welcome to those experiencing trauma. In verse three, it says a bruised reed he will not break and a smouldering wick he will not snuff out. A bruised reed is not broken, it is bruised. God does not break it. A smouldering wick he will not snuff out. I've increasingly realised the impact of harsh immigration control on the mental health of people seeking sanctuary. Uh, having had these people live with me over these years, it's been an interesting journey, uh, seeing all sorts of things. Sometimes we call it Eastern Enders around here. And um, sometimes mental ill health comes out in, um, in trauma, in people not quite behaving how you might expect. And that's sometimes been difficult for us. Sometimes people have been um, very withdrawn, but sometimes people have been very um, high and uh, it's been quite difficult to know what, what to do. The laws that we have in this country that create harsh immigration control for people seeking asylum are unjust laws. They're the kind of laws that uh, in the Old Testament it says in Proverbs, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, defend the cause of the fatherless and the widow. These are people that we are called to speak up for, laws that are unjust, that we are called to ask to change, to push to change. Um, it is not okay that the borders of Europe would become a fortress and many daughters and sons of the living God would be dead in the sea, at our hands, indirectly. It's not okay that we would make it so difficult to cross by any other route that people would take small boats across the channel. We have not set up free, easy ways for people to claim asylum, and then we would turn them back. And even worse, talk about putting in wave machines to push them back. Unbelievable. It is an injustice. It is not okay. We are called to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. But we are also called to welcome those people who have experienced this violence of the Home Office against them. Places of welcome to those experiencing mental ill health, which affects one in four of us, so it's pretty common. Among refugees and asylum seekers, I would suggest that was nearly 100%. Places of welcome for those who've experienced trauma. Maybe they can't behave like we do, and that's okay. Maybe they need us to be more engaged on a day-to-day -day basis, not just on a Sunday. I think that's the calling of the church all the time, huh? Um, so I'm going to tell you a story. This is pretty raw and pretty real because it's this week. 
um, and I'm going to call this guy Muhammad, but that's not his name. So he um, he had been part of our fellowship for a, a very short time and suddenly was told that he was going to need to move. This is what the Home Office do. They randomly move people and um, they don't give you any choice and they don't allow you to stay in a place that you've become accustomed or somewhere that you feel welcome. They just move you and um, it's pretty callous. Okay. This week he came to us feeling very low and described his feelings as I'm feeling sad, I'm feeling anxious, I'm feeling worried about moving. So we provided practical help for him, unbeknown to him, unbeknown to us. He had also made a plan for suicide. In the event of being moved, that was his plan. He had written it down. He knew what he was doing. Um, and I say this story because I think it shows how God is the one acting in justice and we just are called to hold his hand and move with him because we didn't know that. But God still gave us prompting over this last week. We wrote him letters to help him stay. He just said, I'm feeling anxious. He didn't mean that. He meant I'm really suicidal about this change. I can't handle it. I'm in a mental health crisis. We checked in with him regularly, rang him. We had a, a few of us doing that. So it wasn't just one person. Sometimes people need you to ring them every day in a crisis, not just once in a blue moon. Um, and so that's been a really important lesson that God is prompting. And where is our listening? Are we listening for that? And we also liaise with appropriate agencies and um, discovered um, because of the safeguarding implications that there was this plan. And we're able to talk to him about that and um, pray with him about that. And then we offered spiritual help before we knew exactly how bad it was. We prayed for him. We had a Monday night. We knew that he was worried about moving, so him and another person were also being moved. We put them in the middle of our fellowship and we gathered around them to pray in the garden, meeting outside. And we prayed that God would be present to them. God would be in their crisis, in their pain. His beautiful presence would be with them. We prayed for that, for peace in his heart. And the day after, when we'd found out that all this planning had happened about potential suicide attempt, and we talked to him about that, he said, I came to that meeting, I was feeling hopeless. And I felt the presence of Jesus fill me. And I felt power. I can go. I can move. What he means is he can cut his plan for suicide and go, well, praise God for that. Praise God that he spoke to us gently, called us to do those things that we didn't, we, I knew that writing a letter wouldn't change the situation for him, but I did it because I knew that he needed it. And um, I think sometimes that's what God calls us to do, just to be present, just to pray helpfully. You know, the community of the Lord's people can be a family, the kind of family that people really need in crisis. Those who seek asylum, have lost mostly their family. Their family are in another country and they're not going to see them. We should follow the example of Christ. He is strong, gentle, kind. The bruised reed he does not break. The smouldering wick he does not snuff out. Our church family should be a refuge, a place of healing which offers hope, peace and helpful prayer. It should be a place of refuge for those seeking sanctuary, a place of refuge for those in mental health crisis place of refuge for each one of us 
beloved children of God. I've been recently reflecting on our church family at Eastern Christian Family Centre. You know, we're a small group of people. We've got our own struggles. We're in a small church in a poor neighbourhood. We're surrounded by mostly Muslim neighbours. But God has called us to faithful love for asylum seekers and refugees. They don't behave like us. They don't come to church every week. They rarely come a fortnight. They don't always speak much English. They've been brought up in another culture. They've often got strange toilet habits and strange ways of expressing themselves. They have often been brought up in another religion and have a whole load of layers of stuff that we just imbibe and they have had to learn. So it's a long journey coming newborn children in some ways to Christ. And on top of this, because people are asylum seekers and refugees, they're experiencing constant moves around the country and sometimes they're just suddenly gone. So they're part of our fellowship, part of our family and then gone. Um, each one of them have experienced degrading treatment at the hands of our government. Um, many are deliberately made destitute. <laughs> How can we be the faithful community God has called us to be when our brothers and sisters are struggling so much? And often we try to make relationships that suddenly are taken and the person is moved. So uh, that's our struggle. Please pray for us. You know, we are trying to keep our feet in the river, keep our hand in the hand of Christ. So please pray for us um, and pray for asylum seekers and refugees who are suffering under this unjust system, that there would be a change that is good. There's currently planned to be a change that is bad. So we pray that they will instead, they will shelve all of those horrible plans and they will make better ones. Um, and that those who are struggling, which is nearly all of them actually, with mental health crisis, would find that they are in the presence of Jesus, peace in their struggle, hope where there doesn't seem to be any light in the darkness. Pray for them, they would find those things in Jesus. Um, and as uh, you pray for us, know that we also pray for you. So, let's step into the river. Where is it? Where's the river flowing past us? Where are the easy places to get in the river? I remember when I first decided that I quite liked peat. Um, it was when we went on a trip to Wales. And we went with a group of Iranians, someone else's daughter, who was sent sort of under the parental care of me. And um, all sorts of crazy things happened on this um, this ridiculous bunkhouse trip. Um, anyway, when we were staying there, we also found a wild swimming spot that I'd seen in my wild swimming book. And um, and we set off there. And there was these crazy rocks and Pete got in over the crazy rocks, sliding all over the crazy rocks into the pretty cold mountain river. And I went over a footbridge and found myself a nice easy way in. So I thought, wow, this is a keeper. But anyway, where, where are the easy places? Find the easy places. I don't think that God always calls us to jump in at the hardest place. Sometimes he just says, where's this step? And then this step and then this step. Just get in gently, one step in front of the other. So I pray for you that you would hear with a soft heart the words of Jesus today. Know where the river flows and have courage to put one foot into it and then the other. Okay, let's pray. Jesus, I thank you that you are good 
I thank you that you are gentle. I thank you that you love justice and that you love all the peoples of the earth. Thank you that you are bringing your reign of justice and peace on earth as in heaven. And Jesus, I pray for Ebby, for each person there, that you would fill them with a gentle and a loving heart of justice for people on the margins. And also I pray that opening ourselves up to you, you would teach us and lead us, as I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.